<sighs> Good morning, everyone. Ugh, what time is it? It's about four in the afternoon. And what are you doing in my room? Well, we've come to record a party pod. Just five more minutes. Okay. I'll pause it for five minutes, and then when you're awake again, I'll start it again. Okay, thanks. Night, guys. Oh. All right. Didn't, didn't feel like five minutes. <laughs> You know, all that sleep, isn't it? That's snoozing for you. Yeah. It's never quite long enough. You know, I've been known to snooze for two hours at a time. <laughs> it's not a snooze, then. It's just sleeping. Yeah, but I, I'm waking up every ten minutes and then going back to sleep immediately. That's absolutely appalling. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so destructive, my sleep pattern. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Some people have it so good, eh? They can just sleep, wake up, get on with their day. Yeah, I wish I was one of those. to wake me up than some hard-hitting questions. Oh, yeah. Getting into a juicy big queue. Very meaty question. Yours is? No, I'm I, just in general. Oh, right, okay. Does that mean you want me to go first? Yes. So, the other day, what's he called? Um, Prince Philip, he was involved in a, in a minor car accident. And Didn't his car flip over? <laughs> yeah, it flipped So, a bit more than minor. <laughs> he wasn't injured. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how fast he was going if his whole car just flipped in the air, but... Mm. At any rate, he seems to be all right, apart from being 97 years old. Probably shouldn't be driving in the first place. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> there was another car with some, some women in it that have been injured slightly, but I think everyone's generally speaking okay. Famous last words there, but <laughs> at any rate, I'm basing the question off that scenario because you're getting involved in a similar thing. You're going for a drive in the Sahara Desert. It's Just a those, casual drive? Well, it's not, it's not that casual because it's one of those uh, rallies. Oh, wow. Because um, I was reading about the Dakar rally as well this morning. That's about to take place again this year, somewhere in... Well, yeah, it's entirely in Peru. Back in the day, it was obviously Paris to Dakar, but it's in Peru these days. You're getting involved in a different rally. This is the, let's say, Sahara rally, and it's just to drive across the Sahara Desert. You're in second to last place. Actually, no, you're in last place. Driving along, ah, damn it. I've got to try and win this race. There's 50 pounds up for grabs. Whoa. I know. A note as well, fifty pound note. Why are you making it so big in the air? Like that? You're drawing it out with your fingers, massive. Because it novelty. Because it's fifty pounds, you know. <laughs> okay. It's not just a twenty; it's a fifty. Okay. They're not actually any bigger, but it feels like it because you think, "Whoa, fifty! Mm, big money." And uh, you see, oh god, there's only one person ahead of me. The rest of the race, I can't even see over the horizon. So you put your. F- Pedal to the metal. Pedal to the metal. That's what you're looking for? <laughs> That's what I was looking for, yeah. I was thinking, oh, you put your foot to the metal, you put your foot to the pedal, which one is it? But the feet aren't involved, at least in the words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you put your pedal to the metal, and you're going so fast, you smash into the car ahead of you, but only because he suddenly reverses at the wrong time. Why? Why would he reverse in a race <laughs> on, the, on the open road? Because he doesn't know what he's doing. Okay. It turns out, obviously, it's Prince Philip. Oh, shit. Yep, so you've done a real number on both of your cars. On his, okay. It's only a fender bender, don't worry, guys. It's mainly his fault. 
because of that strange sun reversing that he was doing. Yeah, get off the fucking road, you old man. And uh, he's in a bad way. He's unconscious. He's got a little cut on his nose. Okay, well, what do you want me to do about that? Well, your task is to get him out of there safely. Out of the Sahara Desert? <laughs> yes. Well, what, uh, I've got a working car, don't I? No, unfortunately, it's broken. How fast was I going? <laughs> About 150 miles an hour. And how fast was his car going? It was reversing at about 100 miles an hour. <laughs> so 250 mile an hour collision. Yeah. So his his car broken as well? Yeah, yeah. Neither of them were working. Point is, he's unconscious with a small cut on his nose. Yeah. But you put a plaster on it, or a band-aid, because you got some in your car. Yeah. Okay. But both cars don't work properly. So I kiss his nose better. <laughs> now... You can choose to just leave them there, but they will find out that you did that. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't do that to a 97-year-old man, even if it was his fault. Okay, All right, fair enough. So you're choosing to bring him with you? Yeah, I don't have anything against Prince Philip. So how are you going to get out of there? So both of our cars are completely kaput. Yeah. Well, I actually know for a fact from Ray Mears, the best thing to do is to stay with the vehicle. Okay. Okay, you don't leave the vehicle in a desert survival situation. Right. The reason for that is that when the air support comes looking for you mm-hmm. and they're up in the sky, it's really hard to see a tiny little person walking around. But a nice big car, two cars in fact, yeah, much bigger target, a lot easier to find. You've got shade, might have some fuel in there for a fire or whatever. Okay. But is the car still usable in some way? Can I rip off the tyre and burn it with some fuel? Yeah. Send up a smoke signal? Yeah, the engine's still working. Okay. It's just that the tyres have been ripped off, all eight of them, and all the spares in the boot and stuff, hmm. and they've all just gone flying. How many tyres were in his car? Why, why were there so many tyres? Well, obviously four, four wheels to drive on, yep. and he had five spares. Uh, well, I suppose that could come in handy. I'll, I'll get those together and put them in a big pile. But uh, Before I do that, I suppose I should put Prince Philip somewhere safe. Yeah. Put him in the He's... boot of my car, because that's not going to be damaged, is it? Uh, no, I guess not. I guess it's fine, yeah. Okay, dump him in there. What kind of car is it, sorry? Was he still in his Land Rover? Yeah, he was driving his Land Rover, and you were driving a big old monster truck. So, how 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 is he not dead? <laughs> As I said. Cause that, that and how is my car broken if it's a monster truck? You know, they made Land Rovers pretty well. I mean, pretty solid chunk of metal yeah but that that wouldn't even come into contact with the engine of my car it just hit, hit <laughs> my massive wheels yeah but that's the problem your engine's still working but his Land Rover kind of got mangled underneath your wheels and that oh in turn sort of snapped off you know the chassis of your car oh Jesus okay so how am I going to get him in the boots <laughs> there's no shelter it's boiling hot it's the middle of, how far away from civilization are we <laughs> how long were we driving for You've been driving for, I don't know, a day. A day? Oh, that's what, that's quite a long way to walk back, especially with yeah. an unconscious prince. Yeah. At this point, he starts waking up. He's demanding food. Well, I'd just say, fuck off, back to sleep then, you old hag. <laughs> okay, well, he's not happy about that. No, well, I don't care. It's, his, uh, it's your fault, Prince Philip. Well, what, he... it, what have you got to say about that? You weren't looking where you're going. You weren't indicating. You started reversing in a race where... You... It's just open desert in front of you. You're meant to go forwards. What the hell is wrong with you? You, you didn't check in the rearview mirror. See, there was a, a literally a monster truck behind you at 150 miles an hour. 
And even if you did, and you still reversed? <laughs> can you can you just explain that to me, please, sir? Uh, well... <laughs> can you stop laughing, please? It's not funny. I just put my foot on the wrong pedal. You put your foot on the wrong pedal and immediately shifted to 100 miles an hour <laughs> in the other direction. How? How? Well, I, I don't really notice. When you put your foot on the wrong place, one foot... In terms of distance, either direction, left or right, doesn't really mean much I'm to sorry, a 97-year-old man. Do you know what I'm... Do you have Alzheimer's? Do you know if you have Alzheimer's? Do you know your own name? Yes, I'm, I'm Prince. Mr. Prince Philip. Oh. <laughs> Is that a joke? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know what the situation is, Prince Philip? Um, well, I'm in this boot... It's not very comfortable, oh, so, and so, I'm very hungry. So we're talking in the boot of the monster truck. <laughs> yeah, you've climbed in with it. Uh, okay, I don't know how I've managed that. You're very hungry. Yeah. That's your that's your issue right now. Yes, yes, I'd like some food. Please, good beer, good boy, and get me some yummy food. I've got a chocolate log you can have. That's what you're getting. What? what? Yeah, do you, you want it or not? Yes, well, I'll eat it. Why not? Okay, so I do a shit in his face. <laughs> and then I slam the boot shut. Because I'm fed up with this old fuck. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's very smelly in here now. Can I still hear him? I've, yeah. I'm back down on the ground. I'm not, I'm not listening to that. Yeah, but the chassis's come off the monster truck, so... Well, I've turned the radio on to, to cover the noise. Help! Help! I don't like this song. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Yeah, boogie. <laughs> Plowy songs. This Ooh, modern okay. music is so grating to my ears. Um, well, he's going to have to live with it. <laughs> Shut up, you <laughs> fucking ass! Uh, okay, so there's he vul- gets the message at that point. There's vultures circling overhead. Yeah, not really sure what to do at this point. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to repair the car somehow. Luckily, I always carry with me, and I can prove this. Hello. Survival Freddy here. Uh-oh, where is it? <laughs> yes, here we go. I always carry with me a stick of Airwaves menthol and eucalyptus chewing gum. Other chewing gums are available. And, uh, so George, can you verify? I've just picked that out of my pocket. Yep, it says Airwaves on it. Yep, so I, I always carry that around with me. Mm-hmm. I like chewing gum. Okay. Sorry, mum and dad, it's the kind of guy I became. <laughs> wow. I start chewing. Generating loads of moisture in my mouth. Mmm, I can drink all that. Keep me hydrated for another couple of weeks, at least. Is this something else you've learned from Raymond? Is the chewing gum bit, or yes, the chewing gum bit, no? where you live off your own spit for two weeks? No, it's just something I decided. What about Prince Philip in the boot? Are you going to give him some of your own spit to drink? He's in a nice, cool car boot. <laughs> he is yeah, but he is the sun is beating down on it all day. It's going to really heat up. You're basically baking him in there. <laughs> I'm not going to leave him in there forever, just until he finishes his meal. So I start chewing away, piece after piece after piece, until I've chewed it all up into a great big sticky mass. Okay. Now I can get back to work. Climb up the monster truck, start shoveling chewing gum in there, sticking the chassis back together. (laughs) Oh no, there's some sparks flying everywhere, and there's a little bit of flame coming out of a, a turbine. The booster turbine's all wrong. It's bent. Why don't you turn the engine off? So I, f- I force it back into shape, put a bit of gun over the bit that's leaking. You know, that's 
holding it together nice and securely. Okay. I put it over the plug where the sparks are flying out. Just cover that up with some gum. That's all fine. We're running low on petrol, so I shove some gum into the, the tank. And you expect that engine to burn the pet the, the gum as well, fuel? Well, the way gum works is that when you start chewing it, it tricks your body into thinking it's eating some food. That's why it generates all that spit in your mouth. So you're going to trick the engine into thinking it's fuel? Yeah, and uh, by putting it in the fuel tank, I'm yep. tricking the car into thinking, oh, here's some yummy food. No, I can keep clever. going. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a reason most mechanics uh, studied psychology for several years okay. at university before going into uh, engineering. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty pretty basic stuff. Yeah. It's what they teach on day one. Okay. Car, the car is a living, breathing thing, okay? It moves, it does performs gas exchange, consumes fuel, and you can reproduce with it. What do you mean, with it? As in, in order to be considered alive, an organism needs to be able to reproduce. Yeah, I get that. You said you can reproduce with it. What does that mean? As in, you can... Well, it's got a tailpipe. Right. So that's all, that's all happening. I'm... What's all right? happening? Look, none of that matters. The point is, I fix the car. Right. Hmm. <laughs> yep, that sounds good, I say. Ticking off the, the clipboard of all the things I'm looking for. Okay. I'm looking for a strong... <laughs> and I'm also looking for... Well, that's everything I'm looking for, really. It's just that. That's that's how I know it's going to go. Yeah. You have volunteered to take part in the Sahara Rally, so you probably know something about engines and cars. Probably, yeah. Unfortunately, all that gum you've been chewing, oh. you're really low on moisture. What do you mean? I've been generating my own moisture. <laughs> well, you say that, but because this setting is taking place on Earth, yeah. that those weird rules don't apply. Right. So you're now using up your own moisture. So you're saying I'm really thirsty. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know how that's possible, but I'm going to go with it. Okay. Now, the prince, as you were saying, is nice and cool yeah. in the boot, even though the sun's on it all day. Yeah, he is. Maybe you pop the lid and it's just kind of shading him nicely. Well, I'll go and see what he's up to. Uh, so I go, I climb up, pop the lid. Oh! Oh, God. Why are you screaming that at me? I'm so happy to see you again. <laughs> You got um? You got any drink in here or anything? J two O, Five just, Alive. Just some champagne. Well, that don't drink that. That's that's gonna really dehydrate you quickly. Cheers. Oh, lovely bit of bubbly. Okay, right. There, there's something seriously wrong with you, and I don't think anyone's gonna blame me for what I'm about to do to you. What? What do you mean? I unsheathed my vampire fangs. And I, I slice into his, the side of his neck with both of them. Oh, kinky. No. No, Your Highness. I just start drinking his blood. There's okay. no other moisture out here. Right. And he's just drinking champagne all the time. Yeah. Replacing that blood. He's trying to. Oh, I need a piss now. Okay, well, I just, I just suck him dry until he's dead. Send me to the nearest chemical. What? Why? Who? Why? Why are you doing this voice? Why is this the voice you're giving him? You're talking to me now, are you? Yes. Yes, I'm talking to you out of character. <laughs> he's got a he's got a, a wide vocal range. Hello there boy, how are you doing? I mean that sounds a bit more like it. Hello there boy, how are you doing? <laughs> Depends on what kind of mood he's in. Right, well I I don't see how it's possible because I'm I've basically I've basically pricked two holes into his the artery in his neck. Mm-hmm. I'm just feasting on all his blood. Well, you know the, what's it called? Half man, half 
beer challenge, something like that. Yeah. Well, he's now running entirely on champagne. That's coursing through his. Oh body. Jesus! So I couldn't even kill him. All right. Well, he's, I'm he's just going to. I'm just going to slam the the boot back on his head now that I've had my drink and I'll let him cool off. You can do a big piss in there if you want. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's disgusting. This is the Prince Philip we're talking about. So I slam the door on him, hop back, and I've got to climb into the, the driver's seat. Turn the key a few times. Rum, 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 rum. Yep, sounds good. Hooray! No, no. No, we're not driving yet. I want to go on an adventure. Okay, well, I turn the engine on just so I don't have to listen to that anymore. Suddenly there's an unbelievably deafening engine noise right <laughs> below Prince Philip. You just hear a, a high... <laughs> <laughs> dull screaming in the back just doesn't stop just keeps going oh, Jesus okay well I put my pedal to the metal okay or metal I should say it's not a metal no it is easy to do that though yeah pedal, pedal to, to the metal. metal and start driving but I'm not turning back I'm going to finish this race oh okay how, so how um, so I've been driving for a day how much further do I have to go a day oh so I'm exactly halfway through mm-hmm Okay, well, brum brum, off we go. I want to win this race. Shut up. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it. I'm, pull- I'm pulling over. <laughs> We're pulling over if, the- if if there's one more outburst. Okay, we're well, starting to sober up a bit now. Uh, I'm sobering up a bit more now. You can see my voice is slightly less high. Okay, look, really, last warning here, Prince Philip. Oh, I feel so bad. I'm a raging I'm, hangover. I'm not joking. Not another word, okay? I'm. Don't throw up in my car. Don't do it. Well, it's already covered in most of your own extra. That's not the point. It's the principle. <laughs> I just did a technical yawn all over. What a mess. Okay, well, I pull over and I, I pop the boot open. Right, he chums in your face. <laughs> it's a 97 year old man. <laughs> projectile vomiting into my face. <laughs> Was I wearing my helmet? Uh, yeah, of course, you're safety conscious. Okay, so luckily it's only gone on my visa. Yeah, okay, your visa, sure. <laughs> you say visa, I say visa. Well. Oh, maybe that is it. <laughs> I don't say it very much. No, well, neither do I. You probably can say visa. A visa. Although visa is a bit like a holiday visa. <laughs> That's what I, yeah, or a, a bank card. Luckily the helmet keeps all the sick off my face. <laughs> I wipe that off. This is turning out to be a revolting question. Yeah, well, I, I'm doing what I can here. I wipe that off. I grab him by the scruff of the neck. I yank him out and throw him down onto the sand. Well, his neck is so baggy. <laughs> you can't, you can't what? Get, you can't get any traction. His well, what do you so, mean? It's so soft and supple. You try and grab his it's neck. It's so loose. Yeah, it's so loose. Okay, well... You just... You just kind of stretch it out further. Okay, well, I grab him by the tie. He's probably wearing a stupid tie like Mr. Bean. Run by that, like yeah. a noose around his neck, and pull him out of the car. Whoa! whoa. I'm going to tie him to the back of the monster truck by his tie. Ah, oh, like Mad Max. And then I'm going to drive. Okay. And I'm going to drive for another day in the desert. No more, <laughs> no more outbursts. Just lovely silence in the back. But what if he's a bit worse for wear by the time you arrive at the finish line? That's a risk I'm willing to take. People see that Prince Philip's just been roasting in the hot desert sands for. A- for a whole day. That's what you're worried about, not the fact he's being dragged. Oh, he's being dragged. I thought I thought he was just tied to the back of it. Yeah, no, I've tied him by his tie. Oh, okay. To right. the like the back wheel. Yeah. 
or the chassis at the back wheel. Okay. So he's just been dragged along oh, in God. the sand. That's horrible. Fortunately, it cleans him off really well. So again, you're, you're suggesting he's per- he's fine. He's not. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, he's not hurt by this. No, he's he's 97 years old. He's got so much loose skin flapping about. Oh, why do you keep going on about this? Because <laughs> the sandpaper just kind of rubs him clean and washes off all that unnecessary skin that he's developed over so the years. So I've just exfoliated him. <laughs> yes. All right, well... I'm... By the time you arrive, he looks 50 years younger. All right, well, I cross the finish line in last place, hop out and let him go. Oh, you didn't make it. What? what? To victory. You didn't win. Me? Yeah. No, I thought... I, I, how could I have won after a massive crash? Well, you could catch up with him. It's sort of a day to go. How long were you spending chewing the gum for? Uh, An hour? Five minutes. Oh, okay, right. What about repairing the chassis and stuff? Two minutes. Okay, so it wasn't really a massive setback then. Yeah, well, most of the time I spent talking to Prince Philip (laughs) and then hauling him into the boot. I suppose... And then tying him to the back. I suppose once once he was tied to the back, his loose skin kind of spread out. Oh. So it was kind of like an anchor dragging you back. Yeah. Cross the finish line in last place. Yeah. I go go round and untie him. Hello, dear boy. I feel amazing. Absolutely oh. incredible. Uh, fetch me a mirror. Yeah, this one on the car. Yeah, fantastic. Oh my god. We well, still look like an old zombie man. I don't know about that. My entire face has been scrubbed clean. Well, I look thirty-seven. You know, Prince Philip, as incredibly insufferable as you are, I have to say I am sort of impressed with your endurance throughout this whole affair. My good chap, you don't get to 97 years old without having a bit of grit in your bones. You know what I mean? No. Uh, pop the champagne! Gluck, 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 gluck. Okay, well, would there be someone to sort that out? Well, anyway, you've arrived at the finish, finish line. Prince Philip's still alive. Technically, it all's well. Yep, never want to see him again, though. He did finish last, but you can always enter next year. Well, I've survived. No, the Prince Philip isn't there as a 98-year-old man. <laughs> no. You've lengthened his lifespan. By How? <laughs> all, all of the badness was scraped off his body by the sands from the Sahara. Yeah. I guess he's like a cold-blooded old reptile and the heat of the Sahara mm. and all that friction of being dragged along in the desert sands. It's put more warmth into his blood. Yeah, so the Queen gives you a uh, lordship. Oh, wow. Lord Fred, off, off the bloody party. <laughs> so th- those are my lands. Yep. Okay, I'll take it. George, would you rather? Oh. One of those. I haven't read one of those in a while. We'd rather get each hand trapped inside a VCR forever. So you've got one on each arm. And quite a big, chunky one. Yeah. Can't get your hand out. Or your leg bones are entirely made out of pipe cleaners. You know, you know what a pipe cleaner is? It's a very thin bit of wire with loads of, sort of fluffy bits around, around the outside. Yeah. And it's like a giant one of those replacing all of your leg bones. Okay. Including my knee? Yes. Do they function in any way like an actual leg yeah you can bend your leg any way you like oh I guess that's you can bend something. them round sort of round the side of your head whatever you like and the alternative is having my hands trapped in VCRs for the rest of my life yes why can't I just take them off you know unscrew them and stuff I'll get someone to do it for me they are made of 
very they're very well made. Oh, okay, right. They they won't fall apart. Indestructible VCRs. Sure, they're quite big. They are thirty centimeters across, mm-hmm. and they weigh five kilos. No, <laughs> ten kilos. Each. Ten kilograms. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have they got any videotapes inside them? Uh, yeah. What happened was you were trying to get your favorite videotape of Thirty Rock, the TV, a terrible TV show George likes, out of one well, one VCR. <laughs> And you got your hand stuck in there. Like, oh, damn. Um, how can I get my hand out? And then you looked over and saw there was your other VCR. And in the past, you used to get your hand trapped in there. And you thought, oh, how did I get my hand out of there after I got it stuck in there? Let me just put my hand in this other VCR to remind myself. Yeah. And you did. And your hand got stuck in that one as well. Right. And then you remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. I used my other hand to push the stuck hand out of the VCR. But now, obviously... You don't have any hands that can do that. Okay. I would say 30 Rock is my favourite TV show. One of them is up there. No, it's not. You've put it up there. I've seen some of it. George has seasons one to six on his shelf. I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I've seen those episodes. He has 18 discs worth of 30 Rock Yeah. up on the shelf. Okay, so they were videotapes. He's watched every episode twice at least. No, just once. Several times for for his favourite ones. Just once. So I'll leave it to to the listeners to decide. Well, they don't need to decide. Can can you just just start making a decision? Okay. Now the pipe cleaners, you can't feel the sort of hairy bits of the pipe cleaner in your leg. Yeah, thank God. Because that'd be horrible. Yeah, it'd be horrendous. Be like being itched by spiders inside your your bones. Something like that, yeah. But when you try and put weight, the weight of your body. Your legs just sort of go into like a bow shape and then collapse. So I can't really walk. If you use crutches to sort of support your legs so that your weight is spread across four um, points on the ground, mm-hmm. then you can. You yeah. can sort of limp around. Or you can use a wheelchair. But if I'm just walking around with two VCR players on my hands, yeah. do people understand the context that for some reason I can't get them off because they're just so well made? Um, they pe- think, people, oh, have, people have tried to help poor guy you know it's a classic example of technology being just too well made he can't get those off yeah exactly you are the, the reason actually why what most technology now in the future actually degrades because when you had those on they were so well made and there was a big court case about it what do they call it planned obsolescence yeah yeah that's why that exists well so it wasn't even for money it's just for stopping that from happening to other people. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'd have big, big muscles, big biceps. After several years of lugging around ten kilogram weights on the end of my arms. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess reasonably. I mean, ten kilos can't be that much, can it? I guess it would give you very toned arms. Yeah. I don't know how big they'd be. Well, it depends how much I eat, I guess. Yeah. Probably not much because I don't have the use of my hands. No, you'd have to eat out of a trough. Yeah. Well. Or a bowl. Or someone can feed me. Yeah, you're going to need a full-time carer, basically. Probably someone to help me, yeah. Mm. Well, in that case, I'm probably going to go for the legs. Based on? Based on the fact that it's just like having slightly weak legs that I can't walk on that easily. But if I use my crutches, then it's all right. Mm -hmm. And I can also do the cool party trick where I bend my leg in front of me. As in? We know how legs bend normally. They bend... I do, yeah. Kind of uh, away from the knee or downwards. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go the other way. So I'm going to bend my foot oh. upwards to touch my forehead. That is horrible. <laughs> yeah, but if you know I have pipe cleaner bones for legs. So you think that's going to make you popular? 
Well, it's just something like a whip out at a dinner party. Yeah, but imagine whipping out. Imagine whipping out an entire series of Thirty Rock after dinner at a party. Plug it into the TV. Oh, so it still works. Through the adapter cable. It still somehow functions. It's still, yeah, it's just your hand trapped in the <laughs> in the cassette port. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's one of those VCR players, if they ever even existed, I don't know, that have you know, space for more than one tape in it. You know what? It still works, but your hand is visible in every scene on the TV <laughs> because that's how VCRs work. Okay, right, yeah. So they can see like your thing, the tips of your fingers coming in yeah. across the TV. Well, that could be quite funny if you did that in certain scenes. So you're saying there's hours of fun with this? Well, maybe minutes of fun. So there's fun to be had? Yes, but not a lifetime's worth of fun. <laughs> not a lifetime's worth of putting my hand over a character's face. <laughs> no, Alec Baldwin's face? God, I hate that show. Fred has never seen Dirty Rock. I have. I watched, I watched a clip of supposedly funny highlights to, to prove to George that it's no good. Yes, but those and highlights were, are for people that have already seen the show and so they, they were, know what's going on. And they were all terrible. Yeah, you had no idea the context. Really unfunny. Alec Baldwin is, a, is great in the show, from what I remember. It's been a few years since I saw it, but he puts in a great shift. So you're doubling down on your opinions about this show? Well, I must have enjoyed it to at least some extent, because I have watched seven <laughs> series. Because you bought a, 18 discs worth of 30 rock. Yeah, but they came in three purchases. So the point is, I've, I want you to consider this really carefully. <laughs> right, okay. Well, I think having the VCRs on my arms would... Quite possibly just sort of stretch them out. Not really elongate <laughs> stretch out arms. your bones. Well, you know, just to kind of maybe guess the joints, the elbow joint would be stretched out. Oh god, yeah, that would that would get, that would, that would get old, wouldn't it? Mm. But if you think about pipe cleaners, if you bend a pipe cleaner too many times, you know what happens? It lo- loses its elasticity. No, no, I, I just meant it would snap. Oh, so and what? Obviously, you're since is... your bones are made of pipe cleaner, once they once they break. Mm-hmm. They don't fix. They don't they can't just have an operation to sort of repair them. No. It's Why pipe, not? It's pipe cleaner. So? It's full of old hair. Like, how are you going to fix that? I don't know. I'm not a surgeon. Yeah. And the surgeon, surgeons don't know how to fix that. So you've got to take that into consideration. Fine, I'll go to a DT teacher. Go to Hobbycraft. Yeah. <laughs> get them to fix it. They don't, they don't have any pipe cleaners big enough. No one does. They just get lots of little ones. Oh, no, that's dangerous. We'll glue them together. Oh, for your bones? Yes. Uh, uh, that's not allowed. Oh, okay. Right. Well, because uh, yeah, because otherwise you could just go in and have an operation to put, you know, titanium bones put in, like Wolverine or aluminium or something. Well, maybe it can be that it's too risky an operation to just completely replace my bones, my pipe cleaner bones. Yeah. There's no way they can separate the pipe cleaner's hairs from all the arteries and veins running through the femoral artery in your thigh. It's just it's just all tied in. But they can still just repair it. No. Uh, Mm, Well, don't think they can. Well. If you're on your way to work, you can just put a black cover around the VCR so it looks like you're just carrying two briefcases. (laughs) Yeah, but then I arrive at work. Yeah, you arrive at work as a VCR demonstrator. (laughs) Yeah, then I just never put down my briefcase. (laughs) Yeah, but... It looks normal because you've got you take off the black covering and now it looks like you just can't. How do v- I do that? Though? VCRs. How do I take off the black covering? I don't have hands to use. You've trained your feet to be incredibly dexterous. Okay, so it doesn't look that normal then. <laughs> Unusual. You have to take off your shoes and sort of fumble around. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't take off my shoes exactly. I guess I could be wearing slip-ons. So there you go. That's the kind of life you could, you could be leading. 
Well, that does sound better than having to go under the knife on a regular basis because those pipe cleaners don't last very long. Mm. On the other hand, I'm risking some stretched out elbows. What you could do is maybe wear like a, a sort of table that's strapped to your torso and it has like a flat shelf in front of you, in front of your chest, and you can just rest your arms on it mm. so that your arms are no longer carrying the weight. It's just your sort of torso and your core supporting the 20 kilos of VCR <laughs> on the ends of your hands. Well, I guess I'm going to get a good six-pack. Yeah, you, you would be strong. Well, just to spite you, I'm going to choose the pipe cleaner legs to oh, show well. you how much I don't love 30 Rock. Fine. I just enjoyed it once when I saw it. Well, that would make me happy. How do you like that? You know what? I'm big enough to accept your happiness. <laughs> that's not that's not a problem for me. <laughs> that's very big on you. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about Prince Philip and pipe cleaners and 30 rock it's time for a real story it's time for story time why are you smiling like you're pleased with yourself with that <laughs> introduction That's... no it's more like I'm smiling to you to kind of get you in the mood for story time okay alright I'll type myself in I'm still in my room in bed yeah so <laughs> where we began this episode exactly alright so tucked... you're going back to sleep I'm now. all tucked up in bed <laughs> you've been You've been a solid day's work of... Of podcasting. <laughs> 40 minutes. No, no, it's eight hours. Sleep. Eight hours of work, but we condense it down into the best <laughs> 50 minutes. Well, if you want to go with that, then fine. That's right. We're moving on to our final segment of the day, and it's story time. Fred's yawning. He's ready for bed. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Now, this is inspired, my story that is, by another author... See if you can guess who it is. Okay. This is called The Banana Bandana. <laughs> wow, he's already laughing at his own story. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Rockley Umato. <laughs> Do you want to try that again? Yeah, yeah. Rockley Umato looked across the vast desolation of the still-life plains stretching out miles and miles in front of him. How was he ever going to get to Mount Fruit Bowl? The Banana Bandana weighed heavy on him tied securely in a fetching bow around his neck. He sighed and turned back to his companions, seated on a grassy knoll behind him. You look weary, Rockley, said Faustus. Rockley smiled at the dwarf and eased his ten-foot frame onto the grass beside him. The company sat in silence for what seemed like an age, the crackling flame as the only voice. We must set off soon if we are to lose that pursuit, said Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> We have already tarried too long, and it is getting dark. He spoke with an authority, but the company was tired, and it had been a trying few days, beset by orcs and banditos. God. They knew, however, that there was no choice, and their first destination was in sight. The great green city of Waterous Melanith stood to their right, <laughs> glittering in the final moments of the sun's fading light, the last bastion of defence before the still-life plains and the fell lands or from Concentrate. I want the bandana. Give it to me. <laughs> Is that Boromir? Demanded Boromir. <laughs> so he says, out of the blue there. I can hold my peace no longer. 
I want the immortal power that the <laughs> that the <laughs> that the bandana would bestow upon me, and also the glory of defeating the enemy for myself. Right. I am but a mortal man, tempted by its dark power, and it has corrupted me. I am going to fight you for it. He's very out in the open about all that. What are you saying, Boromir? cried Figo Mortensen. You have been led astray by Baboon Run's power. He drew his noble sword, Penendil, from out of his pants and prepared to fight his friend. <laughs> a grim expression on his kingly face. Just then, Legless Lass sprung to her feet and pointed at the bandana. <laughs> how, does that, sorry, how does that work? Well, I don't know. It's up to you whether that's. Just oh, I'm thinking of like not. Mr. Potato Head, where he's just a body and then feet stuck on the bottom of a torso. Yeah, well, why not? The bananas on the bandana glow orange. Orcs and banditos are near at hand. Before anyone could react, they heard a fell noise sound in the deep below them. A grim chanting that made even Viggo Mortensen's spirit shiver with dread. Oh my gosh. But, no, no. But, no, no. But, no, no. Oh my god. They are almost upon us, shouted Rockley, spotting a shadowy mess moving towards them on the hill below. We have only moments to spare before we must run. We cannot afford any distractions. His faithful plumber, Ray, jumped up in agreement, spilling dozens of potatoes out of his backpack. (laughs) Rockley and Ray's two elderly kinfolk were still fast asleep, wheezing softly in their dreams. What about these two? They won't wake up no matter how hard I slap them. Oh. Shouted Faustus, his beard bobbing up and down in frustration. Leave them, replied Viggo Mortensen. They are come to the end of their lives, here on this earth. Let them dream a little longer. Okay. With that, the party started to run, their doom chasing swiftly after them. Wait! I still want the bandana! Screamed Boromir, a pure rage distorting his high-born face. Waterous Melanus captain lunged at Rockley, his head ramming into the hobbit's waistline. (laughs) (laughs) Curses! You are too tall! I cannot reach it! (laughs) And yet you have done enough to detach us from our friends. And behold, our pursuers are here, said Rockley. (laughs) At that moment, the chanting ceased, and Rockley and Boromir looked behind them to see a host of nearly 50 orcs and banditos glaring at them. Oh my god. So... Sorry, just to be clear, orcs and banditos are always come together, do they? <laughs> well, they're just kind of part of the same Balboonron's army. Sorry? They're both part of Balboonron's army. Okay. Who's the enemy? Yeah. Capital E. So, a host of nearly 50 orcs and banditos glaring at them, the bandana gleaming orange in symphony with the setting sun. A moment passed as both parties observed the other with contempt. Boromir looked up at Rockily. The rage vanished from his baby blue eyes. I must repent, he cried, and leapt towards the host in front of them. The orcs poured over the crest of the hill, and Boromir replied with a powerful thrust of his sword, cutting down swathes of the evil creatures. Rockley stood and watched as they swarmed around Boromir, desperately trying to avoid his repentant blade. What do I do, he thought, panic racking his brain. I'd be killed instantly if I tried to help him. Suddenly, he knew what had to be done. As Boromir hacked down yet another orc, he took the bandana from around his neck and firmly tied it to his head, turning him into a big, juicy banana. Ripe? Perfectly ripe. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, the banditos had loaded their fierce guns and started firing at Boromir. Oh, God. <laughs> the first wave of bullets tore into the orcs around him, 
freeing him up to charge at the source of the gunfire. You fools! Where are you aiming? <laughs> he laughed, just before the second wave of bullets smashed into his chest, oh, God. bringing him to his knees. More orcs tried to go around him to capture the banana that Rockley had become, but even then Boromir slew them with tired slashes of his sword. Then more bullets crashed into him, and then more, and then some more smoke rose from the banditos. And then more bullets fired into Boromir's shuddering body, just as they were walking past Boromir's dying figure. Vigo Mordenson came surging back. Panendil! <laughs> he screamed, cutting the heads off the banditos, fury fueling his limbs. He looked around him and saw the body of Boromir crawling towards a ten-foot banana on the ground. Can you ever forgive me, Rockily? Boromir whispered with ragged breaths. The banana gave no reply. Virgo Mordenson walked over to them, tears falling from his eyes. Do not worry, Boromir. You have died a noble death. You risked the life of that big juicy banana next to you. <laughs> but you gave your own to save it. And then, just as the captain of the Green Tower closed his eyes, Waterus Melaneth is proud of you. What does a banana have to do with anything? Is that how was that helping? <laughs> it Why is everything fruit themed? <laughs> and what's Rockily? Is that a Frodo? Yeah, Rockily is Frodo. Yeah. What is that? A play on words or something? Is that a reference to something? No, it's just his name. Okay. okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to be called Brodo or something. It's no, just okay. called Rockily Umato. 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 Yeah. Umato. Right. Which is kind of similar to Broccoli Tomato, I suppose. Oh, okay. When the orcs and banditos were near, the bandana knew that it was close to being taken back to its master, Balboonron. Yeah. So it, it actually took control of his, of his mind and forced him to put it on. Oh, become I a banana. See. I see. How does that help? How does that help what? How does that help Balboonron? Because <laughs> if you're a banana, you can't move, can you? Oh, I see. The orcs right. can just walk up and pick him up and carry him home. So, and Balboonron is like a baboon? Yeah. Okay. Except instead of a big eye, it's just a baboon's ass. <laughs> <laughs> On a tower? Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah, pretty scary. <laughs> so it got a bit rushed at the end, but I wanted to give Boromir a better death than, than he had in the film. Oh. You, great... so you think that's an improvement? <laughs> well, <laughs> On the beloved film? Let me, let me clarify. It's an incredible scene. It's an emotional scene, and Boromir dies a noble death. Of if you think about it, he didn't really. His death didn't really have any meaning because they still captured. Marion Pippin. Marion Pippin. He's just, true. I mean, you know, he killed dozens of orcs, but he didn't actually stop them from taking them away or anything. But in this scenario, I thought, you know, he actually helps Rockley from getting captured. Oh. So that was my goal when I sat out to write this. Give Boromir's death some purpose. So you had a very strong agenda, yeah? <laughs> yeah. With your, with your creation. Yeah. So that's why Boromir is actually still called Boromir. This oh, is yeah. the Boromir from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Transported into your creation. Yeah. So it's fan fiction. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Oh, that's interesting, actually, because uh, I also have a piece of oh, really? fan fiction. All right, well, I'd love to hear it. To, uh, to share. Now, just for pure transparency here, the I say it's fan fiction because I made it using fanfic generator. Okay. Possibly .com, I can't remember the address. Um, but it's something I used... I've used in the past, and 
basically what I do is I input all the variables for the story. I choose a template for the story. Mm-hmm. I choose all the characters, the powers, that kind of thing, and the scenario. I click generate, and it comes up with a completely unique story yeah. by me. So what I'm about to read you is completely unedited. Okay. Uh, I, it's, I'm just reading it as it came out. I can't wait. So here's the title. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Barry versus Michael Sarah. The fight continues by Fred. And then there's a little intro bit. This is an author's note. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is stupid. I don't know why I'm doing this shit. So here's a story. So that's, that's the author's saying that. Yeah, they, it even generates author's notes because it's like a fan fiction thing. So it, okay. it takes that into account. I see. Barry stopped and gazed into space. Oh no, it was happening. He couldn't help thinking about George again. He tried not to. Desperate to avoid the thoughts that could not be, no, would not be, held back. But like dozens of unstoppable lycanthropes, they came creeping forward till they filled his brain. George's smile shined like marbles, as impressive as a diplodocus. It filled the hut and Barry was helplessly, but willingly, absorbed into them. George's eyes were like oranges. If you rolled them, they would go quite far. (laughs) Author's note, almost as lovely as mine. Lol. (laughs) George's legs were like a diplodocus, straight and tight. George's chest was like a cyclopes, powerful and impossible to ignore. How could Barry not be helpless in the face of that? Barry snapped out of it, but the thoughts of George would be back. Would he be able to resist next time? Doubt it. It was a dark and stormy night. (laughs) Interlude. Barry was finding it really hard to concentrate at this moment. His thoughts kept trying to think of George. Despite what was happening, it was hard to focus. And then a new paragraph. Barry and his friends were preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers. They always enjoyed preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers to to relax when, when things were getting stressful. They were a bit stressed at the moment due to an unhappy love affair between Lunatica and Victoria Beckham. They thought nothing of preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers all the time. It was just a way of life. Love that refrain. But things were different today. Someone was watching them enjoy preparing and then consuming <laughs> massive tonnage of burgers. And it was starting to get creepy. The creepy guy is creeping me out, said Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, me too, said Barry. Especially how he keeps licking his lips as he watches us. Just then, the man walked over to us. I I don't know why it suddenly goes to first person. I am a talent scout. Oh, that explains it. Barry, I've been watching you for for a while while you did some preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers. You're skilled. Very skilled. Oh yes, Barry is great at it, said Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. Indeed, maybe the greatest. Look at Barry's body, his buttock, his arm, his buttock. (laughs) It is like he is built for preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers. Every aspect of his perfect physique built for that one divine purpose. I thought he was built for loving, said Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. I am thus going to officially invite Barry to the preparing and then consuming massive massive tonnage of burgers championship, continued the talent scout. He handed them a golden ticket. We are going to the championship, said Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. Yes, the ticket has a plus one, and you both go straight to the final. Awesome. But you will be fighting against someone else that made it to the final. 
Someone you know well. Michael Sarah. <laughs> All right, mate, then it's settled, said Barry. We go. We can't let Michael Sarah win anything, even preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers. <laughs> so they left for the stadium. When they were out of sight, the talent scout ripped their mask off. It was Michael Sarah. <laughs> hey, they fell for my plan. <laughs> <laughs> Author's note, fade out. The next day, Barry was nervous. He was good at preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers. Some would say the best. But was he really the best? The best at preparing and then consuming <laughs> massive tonnage of burgers on Earth? Barry was about to find out, as the contest started soon. Barry thought back to a few years ago. Happy times, before all the troubles with Michael Sarah got really bad. Breaking out of his deep thoughts, Barry decided to go to the arena early, perhaps do a few laps as a warm-up. Barry casually strolled to the arena while practising, preparing and consuming massive tonnage of burgers. As Barry walked out, he was surprised to see Michael Sarah already there. Michael Sarah was clearly up to something. Barry had to find out what it was. What are you up to, Michael Sarah? yelled Barry. You'll never find out, yelled back Michael Sarah, who wanted to keep his plan a secret. Frustrated, Barry started practising preparing then consuming massive tonnage of burgers, never taking his eye off Michael Sarah as he did so. George joined them a few minutes later. Hi, Barry, he said with a sexy wink. <laughs> and hello, Michael Sarah. Yes, hello, George. Good to see you're in the contest too, for now. <laughs> but before George could hear what villain had said, it was time to start. <laughs> How many people are in the final? Uh, there's a few. They walked to the start line and bent down ready. Author's note, but not for that. You have a really <laughs> dirty mind. The crowd was getting big. Many fans had banners saying stuff like, Go Barry, go Barry, go Barry. Or, Go, go, go Michael Sarah, you're the best. The starter pulled their machine gun out and got ready to fire. George, Michael Sarah and Barry all waited with anticipation. Three. George started breathing heavily. Two. Michael Sarah tensed, ready to go. One. Barry's skin glowed sexily with excitement. Zero. Bang! The starter fired the machine gun at George. George collapsed instantly. Michael Sarah started preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers, laughing manically as he did so. Barry was in shock and he raced over to George. He shot you. But why? Ow, I am shot bad. (laughs) The starter stared at their weapon. "I, I didn't mean to. My machine gun acted weird. Barry looked at the machine gun. He then licked it. Using his famous forensic skills, Barry made a deduction. Yes, this machine gun clearly has been sabotaged to shot at George. (laughs) Typical, said George. What now, said Barry. You have to go on, said George, still bleeding blood and guts and other bits everywhere. But just then, the klaxon went off. (laughs) It was half time. As George was carried, taken to hospital by biplane, Barry and Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II retired to the locker room. Michael Sarah was already there, still grinning. Oh, what a shame. George isn't going to compete any more. Even doing nothing, I'm going to come second. You know, I might just let you win. Out of my <laughs> generosity. Michael Sarah sniggered again. With that, Michael Sarah left out the back door. Gosh darn it, Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II said. 
Michael Sarah drives me mad. You know, I think he had something to do with George's accident. Barry was thinking hard. Michael Sarah is never generous. Lack of generosity is his number one defining characteristic. <laughs> well, that and evil. That means, said Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II, her slow cogs working. He wants to come second, said Barry, thinkingly. Uh. Do you think that's... Because he wants the second prize medal, said Barry, winning again. <laughs> it must be because the second prize is really the Holy Burger of Bethlehem. <laughs> yes, now that I look at the prize, I notice it now. It's clearly the Holy Burger of Bethlehem. That explains why someone would want to become second. <laughs> exactly. So we have to beat Michael Sarah by being the best at coming second? <laughs> How are we going to do that? You've never lost before. I know, said Barry. I'm not sure I know how. You've got to, though. Just this once, you've got to come second. <laughs> no, I can't. But I've got an idea. You could compete. Me? said Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II, <laughs> surprised. Do they even allow girls like me to do preparing and then consume <laughs> massive tonnage of burgers? Yes, it's a bond contest. A few girls have already competed. Already competed. <laughs> I'll win the contest as normal. And you will come second. You can do this. OK, Barry, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. What about me? Then the gong went again. The final leg of the preparing and then consuming <laughs> massive tonnage of burgers contest had begun. And then, at the worst possible moment, it happened. Again. Barry gazed at George. It was impossible to <laughs> resist this time. Where am I? I thought I was in hospital. Like a taxi, Barry was pulled towards George. It was a like extraction in a war. It was a like a bazooka piercing through his heart. It was a like magnets. <laughs> there was no resisting, no mercy, no pants. No longer anything else mattered. George looked shocked and then not shocked. He had known all along. Of course! How could Barry have been so stupid? Those long looks at each other, the times they gazed at the stars together, the candlelit dinners. It wasn't just friendship. It never was. It was more, and George had known all along. I knew, George said. Oh, Barry said, realising all this for the first time. But there was more. George wasn't pulling away. He was pushing tighter, holding Barry like a wild ferret. <laughs> At some point, their clothes came off. They got ripped in the process of the passioning. He didn't care. This is what he had needed for so long. Too long. June, maybe more. <laughs> but this was now, now. Barry and George together at last. They cuddled like lovers and made love. Afterwards they looked at each other as if for the first time and had a cigarette. But they knew they must leave. They didn't want anyone to see. Their forbidden love must remain hidden for now. Well. Perhaps forever. Barry took one last look at George. Goodbye, my snuggly one. Love you too, my one and only Barry. And then they departed. As they walked into the preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers arena again, there was applause from the crowd. Michael Sarah was lying down relaxing, clearly pretty relaxed. <laughs> I want to compete, shouted Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II, proudly wearing a preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers kit already. What? said Michael Sarah, sitting bolt upright in panic. Yes, I am competing, said Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. I have checked the rules and it's allowed, 
said Victoria Beckham, who was the preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers referee. Gah! I'll best you anyway, said Michael Sarah as he desperately started preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers. Barry was already well in the lead by now. So, <laughs> How? He, so he turned around and watched the real contest, the one between Michael Sarah and Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II had to get that second prize. The earth depended on it. You can't defeat me, screamed Michael Sarah <laughs> as he started preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers internally. I have to. Barry believes in me. The contest went on a long time. Aside from Barry, Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II and Michael Sarah were the, were the best preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers in the world. The crowd went wild as they approached the finish. Come on, Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. You can do it, said Barry, who had already won an hour ago. <laughs> Spurred on by Barry, Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II put in a last burst of effort, doing a stunning preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers move and finishing spectacularly. <laughs> no, screamed Michael Sarah. Victoria Beckham fired the machine gun that officially marked the contest over. No! screamed Michael Sarah. Well don't, uh, Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. You have come second and officially get the second prize award, said Victoria Beckham, as she handed her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II the second prize award. No! <laughs> screamed Michael Sarah. Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II looked at the prize, and it was the Holy Burger of Bethlehem. Barry had been right all along. She gave it to Barry as she knew only they should be trusted with it. No! <laughs> screamed Michael Sarah. OK, the earth is safe now, said Barry. Thank you, Barry! Screamed the crowd. <laughs> Barry took a bow. With that, Michael Sarah got arrested and everyone else went home. <laughs> the end. Author's note. I never knew what a preparing and then consuming massive tonnage of burgers contest was. I think I got away with it. <laughs> so that's it. All, I swear, I know it sounds like there must be some element of me interfering in there. All generated. <laughs> I send you the link, the hyperlink to what the, where it's stored on their website. That's how it went down. Well, I think there is genuinely too much to cover there in terms of analysis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do you begin? What happened to me, I suppose? You you were lifted by biplane to the hospital, <laughs> yeah. and then you appear for a romantic scene with Barry in the locker room, or a flashback, but I'm not sure which it is. Hmm. Flashback would make more sense, but um, a spare-of-the-moment thing in the locker room would be more intense. So it definitely happened in the locker room? I think so. But I got the impression it just happened there and then. I wonder what the first prize was. <laughs> yeah, it's never even covered. No. Because one of the things you have to fill in is the list of variables for the story is the MacGuffin, which is the thing that everyone wants. Okay. So you just type something in. So I chose something burger-related, yeah. which turns out to be the Holy Burger. Right. Yeah. But I thought it was quite interesting, you know. So it's a nice change on the cliche of winning the contest and getting the first prize. Yeah. They want the second prize. But Barry just, he couldn't lose. <laughs> it's how hard it's really, yeah, really interesting development on Barry's character to yeah. know. Burgers are so innate within him. Even if he tries to lose, he can't. I mean, you know, even without much of an effort, he wins an hour ahead. Yeah. Of, <laughs> of the other two best in the world. <laughs> who, are, who are the Queen and Michael Sarah? That's right. 
Yeah. Well, it's an interesting um, development for all the characters involved because the Queen and Barry actually met before in the airport. Yeah. Um, That's where they became friends. Yeah. Even though she was cavity searched. <laughs> he he arrested her. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously Michael Sarah featured a lot. That furthers the. <laughs> The villain arc he's got going on. Still up to his old tricks, oh, it yeah. seems. No doubt, no doubt. When will he learn, you know? He's been arrested time and time again. When will he learn? Yeah. I guess this time he thought he's up against Barry rather than specifically either me or you. Yeah. Maybe maybe he thought he had a chance, but... He thought he could beat Barry at his own game. He thought he could beat Barry at eating burgers. Sorry, preparing and consuming massive tonnage of burgers. <laughs> I was annoying. I actually... Um... There were variables for a male sidekick and also male sidekick two. So the two female sidekicks I put in were the Queen and yeah. Victoria Beckham. Yeah. The male sidekicks were you and me. But I didn't come <laughs> up in that story at all. Oh, yeah, that's so I, I mean, I, I was I'm the author. So. so you could be the one liaising with Barry. No, because there's also a, a romance variable where you oh. specifically choose the characters yeah. you want to get together in the story. Well, that makes sense. And I, I guess I must have ended up somehow choosing you and Barry. <laughs> Yeah. Don't know how that happened, but Oh well I think it works in the context of the story. Yeah. Character development. So that's your lot. I'm fast asleep. Yep. It's time for Fred to go to bed. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>